All right, so we start hour number two, and good morning, good afternoon to you if you pick up the show. Starting with hour number two, you missed a really good hour number one. Let me, you missed a really good hour number one, and let me start hour number two with a really bad tweet, slash X. At Brian Grierson, quote, most predictable take ever from you. Michigan's win on the road versus PSU means nothing, but Ohio State's win at home versus PSU catapults them number one. Got it. Grierson, these are the only ones I've seen. He also came at me with, a UM loss would have dominated that open. Bench the salt. Let me go back to Bench one before that. Salt. Most predictable take ever from you. Actually, Grierson, that is the most predictable take ever from you, whoever the hell you are. I have no idea who you are. But... You're Michigan, man. So that's why it's the most predictable take ever from you. A couple of thoughts there, Greer. Number one, this whole point, Michigan, a loss by Michigan would have dominated the Open. (laughs) Wrong answer, bro. Two things about that, BG. Number one, on a Monday, if you know anything about me and you know anything about this show, the NFL always dominates college. On a Monday in the open. Always. Always. It's formatted that way. The NFL whip around. Then you get a college whip around. So you're wrong, bro. Even a Michigan loss would not have jumped over the NFL whip around. It wouldn't have. Always. So that's wrong. That's just wrong. Number two. Bro, you don't actually know my take on Michigan and that suspension. For all you know, I was actually going to take up for you. And by the way, I was. I was. It shocked me that the conference suspended him the way it did. I actually was going to have your back on that until I saw the hysterical reaction of you and all the other Michigan men. I got a question, Michigan man. Frankly, when did you become the most insufferable fan base? And that's saying a lot. Because there are a lot of really insufferable fan bases. In fact, most of them. So don't come in here and tell me what I would have done. I'm the host of the show. I know what I would have done. I know what I do. I know what the plan is. And if you've heard this show longer than before your team started to cheat, allegedly started to steal signals, you would know that we start Mondays with an NFL whip around. Hey, more news for you, Michigan man. I actually was more inclined to talk about Jimbo Fisher and that crazy-ass buyout. And no, I know what you're going to say. You're not talking about us because we won and that that win means nothing. I didn't say that win means nothing. I didn't say a win against Penn State on the road means nothing. What I said was... Oh, Penn State lost another big game. Shocking. That's what I said. Man, stop being so insufferable. I I really thought you were above that, and I was really wrong. And not only that, I did my damnedest to give your coach credit, didn't I, with that tweet. I'm like, my man, if that's a troll, that is funny, Jim. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat. But Michigan man, you're going to continue to hear what you want to hear. You didn't even let me give you my take. You're just pissed that I didn't start with you as a take, and you're insinuating that I would have started if you lost that game. Eh, Wrong. The NFL, to me, 
See, here's the problem, Michigan, man. You're so into yourself, man. You're so narcissistic. Win or lose the NFL to my national audience. This is not an Ann Arbor local show. Win or lose that game, Michigan, man. The NFL overall is still of much greater interest to my audience, Grierson. So, no, I was not going to start with you if you lost that game. Period. Period. Bet anything you want on that. If Michigan lost that game, I would not have led with that. You can take that to the bank. We lead with the NFL because the NFL, while imperfect, is king. You follow me there, Michigan man? I'll get to you when I damn well want to get to you. Are you following me, camera guy? Just not there yet. And to prove my point, I have more NFL that I want to get to. Sorry, Michigan man, you're going to have to wait a little longer for my take. You're going to have to wait a little longer to hate. You're going to have to wait a little longer to hate because, as I always say, hate is the new dopamine. So I mentioned what an amazing story Josh Dobbs is. Incredible story. The Vikings are a seven seed. If they're not the most amazing story as a seven seed, how about my guy Nick Casario? Nick Casario leading one of the all-time turnarounds right now. Houston already has more wins this year than they had in an entire season since 2019. They were 3-13-1 last year. And then Nick turned around and he nailed the head coach hire. And it goes without saying, he picked a total stud of a QB too. Listen, that's C.J. Stroud MVP talk that's happening right about now. I talked to Connor Orr about that. Not so crazy. What's actually crazy is how not crazy that talk is. What's actually crazy is that the offensive rookie of the year is basically wrapped up by week 10. And if this dude continues to ball the way he is, he is going to be a part of the MVP conversation for the rest of the season. The big head did something brilliant. He told me, I think, either in the middle of the opening segment or the end of the opening segment that he found C.J. Stroud MVP at plus 3,000. I'm like, dude, all day long. Plus 3,000? How do you not hit that? I mean... We're talking about him being an MVP because what he's done, not only all year long, but look at what he's done the last couple of weeks. You know, this is the kind of talk that you get when you go into Joey B's house and you outduel Joey B. Hard stop. You see, Michigan man, this is way more interesting to America than your situation and how badly jammed you've been. Because the NFL is king. Anyway, if you go into Cincinnati and you put up 356 passing yards on a defense that had not allowed more than 20 points in over a month. My guy, Lou Anarumo's defense. That's not just a win. That's a statement. That's a high-quality, outstanding win for the Texans. And it's been an exciting first half, but it's pretty clear that the future is not the only bright thing for the Texans. This team is a problem right the hell now. A problem right the hell now. Great win for them. Best win of the day, going back to the conversation I had with Connor Orr, maybe the Niners. Hey, Frisco, hey, Frisco fan. You feel better hey, now? Frisco fan. Frisco fan. Hey, Frisco Our fan. Our vibe's up. Frisco, hey, Frisco fan. fan. 
You know, you don't need me to tell you this, but your dudes vaporized the Jags yesterday. Yo, Duval, yite. Yo, Duval, you get up off the mat yet, or are they still stomping on your head? Yo, Ms. Nika, what up? Yo, Duval, are you still down there napping it out? It'd be understandable. Niners beat the Jags. They beat them so thoroughly that they were just messing around at the end of the game, trying to extend Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak like it were a video game or something. Like Kyle Shanahan was trying to unlock more achievements in Madden and was spamming goal line plays for CMC. Even CMC's tone after the game was hilarious. Yeah, I suck. Everyone else on the team scored. (laughs) Except for me. Yeah, man, I suck. Saying something sucks is not a take unless CMC is saying, man, I suck. Yeah, I suck. Everybody on the team scored but me. Except for me. Everybody got to turn on that ride except me. Yeah, Everybody got to turn on that ride except me vibes right there. Not that I've got a problem with it. And if Jacksonville had a problem with any of that, they should have done something at some point to keep that game competitive because it never was. From the very start of that game to the very end of that game, the Jags were never in that game. And they were arguably the hottest team in the NFL coming in. We're on the short list. I was stunned. I'm not at all stunned that the Niners bounced back the way they did because we know when they're healthy, they might be the team to beat. I'm stunned, though, that the Jags showed up the way they did. That was the ultimate get-right game for the Niners and the ultimate get-wrong game for the Jags because I don't think that the six-win Jags thought that they were that far behind the best teams in the league. I could have actually argued on that five-game winning streak with those six wins that they also were in that conversation because there is not that one singular great team in the NFL this year. I would have argued the Jags are right there in that conversation. No, I'm not so sure. And I think that Doug Peterson would agree with me. We haven't done anything here. And we're trying to be like that. We're trying to have that consistency. And and to me, this will be... This will be, in some ways, good for our players. You know, a um, little bit of a wake-up call, quite honestly. Actually, Coach, I would say that was a hell of a lot of a wake-up call. That, that was like wake up. those weirdos rolling in on OJ, like, wakey, 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 OJ, wakey, wakey. That was the Niners. Actually, the former Niner OJ. Wakey, wakey. Wakey, wakey. Who nobody likes to be woken up in the middle of the night, much less a serial killer. What, what are you doing? Yeah, because that wasn't a fix. A little Who's bit of a wake wakey, up call, waking quite honestly. Oge? That's not a good idea. Anyway, it, yeah, a little bit of a wake up call, Doug. I'd say that was a hell of a lot of a wake up call. You guys are lucky it didn't happen in prime time. You're lucky you didn't get your heads caved in in front of the entire country. But anybody who did watch that game will not forget forget the head caving that did exist. Great bounce back game for Big Clock Brock. All of a sudden, the Niners look like they're back on track. All of a sudden, the Jags are looking over their shoulders at the Texans, who are only one game back of them when everybody had already given the Jags the division again. 
And you got a clone orchestrating one of the most exciting franchise turnarounds in years. And some of you are trying to run him out of town. Imagine that. Look at my guy Nick Casario now. All right, so check this out. Look at the champ. Here is your reigning smack-off champ, Mark. And Mark the Nomad, quote, The quintessential Michigan man hasn't weighed in yet, so all other opinions are invalid. When I call, that's when everybody will hear the true, incorrect opinion. Hey, far be it for me to tell the champ what to do, but get your ass up in here, champ. Hey, Michigan man. You don't even know my take on the suspension. You, you're so full of butthurtedness and hate that you rushed up in here to clap back on me for not opening the program with your enormous win. However, insisting that if you lost, I would have opened the program. Dude, narcissistic much? I was not opening the program with you regardless. You're a part of the program. I'll get there. But how do you even know my take? How do you know my take? How do you know that I'm going to say, that punishment fits the crime? Hell yeah, they got it right. Or how do you know I'm not going to say, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know, if being baggy is a crime, then yeah, man, swing the hammer. But is it right? To suspend them in season with investigations ongoing by the NCAA? You don't know, Michigan man. That's my whole point. You don't know what I'm going to say. So don't come in here and tell me what I would have done or what I did do. You don't know. In fact, sorry about this, Michigan man. We're talking more NFL next. You know why? People are more interested in that. NFL is still king. We'd rather talk about the Patriots and what's happened to them and what's going to happen to them. And Tom Curran is way more interesting. So that's coming up next. But we'll get to you. Just stand down. Wait your turn. We'll get to you. As much as you want me to lead with you, I'm not going to. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. They offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online at O'ReillyAuto.com and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. You can also have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over 35 bucks. Get your order fast with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com today. Get the parts and service you need fast. From the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So right now I'm efforting Tom Curran, who is a Patriots insider for NBC Sports Boston. We will try and get him set up on Zoom, and he will be all over the Patriots situation. We'll have that coming up for you. ATP, let me remind you about that because Monday is always an ATP day. Ask the pros. Will you clones get to ask me a question? Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash pros. Ask me something there. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast. From the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tom Curran, whenever he gets to it, I'll wait for him. 
Top of the hour, big head bets. James Kelly and I talk about the Bills and the Broncos. I haven't checked the line in the last hour or so, but it's been minus seven. Bills minus seven. Bills minus seven. They're five and four in the year, and we know they're busted up. We know they're not what they were. I'll tell you what, I don't I don't love that game. I mean, I like the game, but I don't love that bet either way. But I'll say my thoughts on that, and we will get into that a little bit later on. Jimbo Fisher. How about that buyout? I think that guy set that up pretty well. You think A&M's got any money? You can stroke that guy. Actually, you don't stroke that guy that check. It comes in a lump payment and then in annual installments, but they don't care. You're still paying a guy $76 million not to be in the building. And then you got to figure on top of that, it's going to cost at least that much probably to get the next guy and his staff in the building. So we're talking about one and a half, 150, 160 or more, and they don't give a damn? Like a walk-around money or something? We'll get into all that. Oh, yeah, and Michigan, man. We'll get into your situation, too. Speaking of which, why don't we go there? Why don't we just do that right now? Let's go to the phones. 1-800-636-8686. First call today is I wait on Tom Curran. Paul in Michigan. What's going on, Paul? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, sir. I should say uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, <clears throat> I was going to start out and make a comment about Michigan, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about the Lions and uh, how excited we are uh, all here in Detroit, metro area, metro Detroit. And the thing that scares me right now is Minnesota is, I think, got an easier schedule heading home. Uh, and uh, the fact that this quarterback they have is dynamic with the way he runs, and rushes, something that the Lions have trouble with. I'm a little nervous about that um, in terms of the Lions situation, but I do believe that both teams will make it to the playoffs. When was the last time that happened? Both teams from the NFC North. And my only comment about Michigan is, um, I, you know, people in this town have been making a big deal about that coach crying on the sidelines. And honestly, if, if I was standing where he's standing, being a coach myself and the legends that have stood in that sideline, I probably would be emotional after a game, too. So that's basically all I wanted to say about that. I got you. Nice job, Paul. Appreciate you. I agree with what you said about the Lions and Minnesota both. I love the Lions. I love that they're in this situation. I've got history with Detroit. I have history with the Lions. When the Lions were not good, they were still coming on the program. I love that the Lions are good. I love that the Lions are a potential factor. Hey, Alvin, you in 15 years on TV right now, look. Can you guys see that? (laughs) Do that, Alvin. Go to the middle. Okay, it was more from the profile than straight on, but still pretty good. Check it out. Uh, The Lions, going back to what Connor Orr said, when they're right, yeah, right? Is that good? Alvin said, dang. Dude, dude, no, I wish no, we could no. put that on CBS Sports Network right now. Would that be the funniest thing? Sharon, can you do that? No, he's gone. It was a Caltrans official. The 10 freeway, there was a fire. And the 10 freeway here in SoCal has been shut down for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's not a big thing, is it? Not having the 10? Anyway, when the Lions are right offensively, they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable. They're a juggernaut. They're unbelievable. And I don't think anybody can score with them. 
So I think you've got every right to be hyped about the prospects. does not mean they're unbeatable. It means when they're right offensively, they're unstoppable. Now, to your point, caller said, I'm really afraid of Minnesota. I'm afraid because of their quarterback. I'm afraid because their quarterback can get out and extend plays, and he's mobile, and that type of quarterback gives our defense trouble. Agreed. I see what you're saying there. He then said, I want to say one thing. He said, when's the last time both those teams made the playoffs in the same year? 1999. So you're right, a long time. He said, the one thing I want to say about Michigan. I'll finish that thought in a minute. As promised, right now we are joined by a Patriots insider for NBC Sports Boston. He has covered that team since 1997. He is the co-host of the Patriots Talk podcast. He's the co-author with Julian Edelman of Relentless, a memoir he joins us via Zoom. He is Tom Curran. Tom, my dude, what is going on? How you feeling, dude? Buddy, I'm all right, and I am so sorry to be a little bit tardy on you here. I, you know, it's the phone, it's the updates. I'm like, ah, Jim's waiting. Dude, I'll tell you what, there are much more important people than me waiting on you, so it's not a problem at all, Tom. I appreciate you, and I appreciate any time we can get. Listen, you started covering that team pre-Belichick. You've been covering that team since pre-Belichick, so there's nothing you have not seen. That said, was that loss to the Colts in Germany about the ugliest Patriots game you've ever seen? It's in there. It's definitely in there, and it's in there in the last two years because that's when the onslaught of worst wins, or excuse me, worst games has come because we could actually choose between that one. We could choose from the 34 to nothing loss to the Saints at home, last week's loss to the Commanders at home, the Raiders lost last year. There is a litany of games that you would say over the last 15 months was rock bottom. And I think as a result, Jim, the inevitability of a change is coming clear. All right. So we can talk about a few of the changes. Tom Curran joining us. The inevitability of a few changes. Why don't we start first at quarterback Mac Jones benched after that horrible pick near the goal line late against the Colts. I mean, a change is one thing, but is he already done in New England? Yeah, I think he is. You know, indications I've gotten and just in observations and being around the team this long, the fan base has turned on him. I think that he's lost a, a significant portion of the locker room and coaching staff as well. Not that they think that he's a horrendous player and not that they think that he's been nurtured and brought along very well over the last 17 months. I mean, Bill Belichick at the beginning of the 22 season Jim, talked about the dramatic improvement that Mac had made in that offseason prior to working with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, talked about how good he was as a rookie and how much better he expected him to be. And now, 17 months later, he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL as the frontline guy. And the Patriots also have a room of guys that nobody else in the league would employ between Will Greer and Bailey Zappi, who were both waived and nobody wanted them. So, But with Mac Jones... A change will do him good. I think that the Patriots have to make the change because the water is too muddy and bloody here to keep him on. He will stay on, I'm quite sure, through this season. He's still on his rookie contract next year. Do you want him as the bridge guy, or do you want to kind of jettison him and his sad face if indeed he ends up being a backup to Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever the Patriots pluck as a veteran? That remains to be seen. 
Only Tom Curran could say, do you want to jettison him and his sad face? But then in his defense, Tom, you can imagine why his face was sad after Bill O'Brien was up in it, screaming him down. I mean, if my man wasn't already broken, Tom, he certainly was by the time O'Brien was done with him. And it's funny because I think it was... uh... I think it might have been Dion Branch or one former Patriot said, that's Bill at about a three. Nothing to see there. So imagine what it's been like in practices. But that play really what caused Bill to go teapot, which is his nickname, is the Patriots were in a third and two at the 15-yard line of the Colts, and they had Demario Douglas, their only decent receiver, crossing at the linebacker level wide open. And for whatever reason, Mac didn't throw the ball. That was the first pass attempt, I believe, of the entire drive. So he said, here, just throw this five-yard throw. And his brain locked, and he didn't throw it. And then he ended up flipping it sideways to Ramondre Stevenson. It could have been a pick six. And it's just the Alabama Mac, and 2021 Mac, is gone. Somebody else might be able to find him, but I think he's gone in terms of with the New England Patriots recouping it. I think that's a great point. I think that guy is gone. I think that guy's gone, and he's not coming back, at least not there. Tom Curran joining us. So, Tom, when you talk about inevitable change, there's that. What about the obvious question, Bill Belichick? Like, where is Bob mm-hmm. Kraft's head at? What, would he fire Belichick? Would he fire him in season? Take a, take a moment and just kind of lay this out for us. How do you see it playing out? A mutual parting of the ways at the end of the season will be the most likely scenario. I think that the Kraft family would understand and I that firing Bill Belichick in season as opposed to Bill Belichick stepping down is something you just are not going to be able to do. That will become a national news story, Jim. Not just a sports story, not just a national sports story. It will be a national news story because this team has been what it's been for more than two decades, and it has transcended sports to be involved in culture, be involved in look, Bill's friends with Trump. It's, it's involved in politics, involved in so much. The Patriots were and are that. So there is a level of dignity, and I spoke about this with a host the other day, that, that you don't really have to extend, sadly, to a Matt Eberflus or a Josh McDaniels or a, a Rich Kotite. You know, it's, it's Bill. He's the greatest coach in NFL history. He might be the greatest coach in American professional sports history. This is a dynasty that stands with the Canadians, the 50s Yankees, and the 60s, 50s Celtics as the four greatest franchises. And that's Bill Polian telling me that last week. A longtime rival. That's it. That's those four. So you don't fire him when he's holding the drumstick in two weeks and say, yeah, you're done. Sorry. Yeah, now Tom Curran joining us. I agree with you. I would never advocate for that. You don't. You're right. There are certain guys that deserve better than that. It is a results-oriented business, but we're talking about arguably the GOAT. We're talking about a dynasty. You don't do it in season, but at the same time, that doesn't mean he can stay around and do what he wants as long as he wants to get that record either, so I don't see that happening. So is he going to get what he wants? For instance, if they have a mutual parting of the ways, Tom, obviously Belichick, wouldn't you think, is going to want to go someplace else and have that same kind of autonomy, that same kind of authority, that same kind of power. Is that still going to be important to him, and will somebody give that to him? I think it would be important to him. Will someone give that to him with each passing week? I think teams are going to look at Bill and say, do we really want him? I understand the name. I understand the history. But when you look at the recent history from 2019, moving away from the greatest quarterback of all time, who seemed to have a little bit left in the tank, and then breaking Mac Jones and hiring a defensive coordinator to run your offense to the receiver and depth 
situations that they have on offense right now, the offensive line situations, the draft history, the free agent history. They set a record in 2021 for money spent and have gotten very little bang for the buck aside from Matt Judon and Hunter Henry. That um, That is not appealing. I don't know how many asses it puts in the seats, to be quite honest. This is a young, novel-thinking, forward-thinking league, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And the Patriots are out here like a you know, using a rototiller every week, and it's not working. <laughs> Tom Curran joining us. So, Tom, let me ask you this. If, in fact, there is a mutual parting in the ways at the end of the season, is the coach in waiting, Gerard Mayo, is he there? Is that just assumed? Or is Mike Vrabel a possibility? Who's the next coach? If I were a betting man, I'd put an awful lot of money on Gerard Mayo being the successor to Bill. They have the crafts made an announcement that they were renegotiating Mayo's contract when it expired last year. Robert Kraft, and that has never been done with an assistant coach prior. Robert Kraft, you know, less than two weeks later, talked at the owners' meetings about how much he wants Gerard Mayo to stay here for a long time. Gerard wants to be a head coach. It's the Kraft's intention to keep Gerard here. Ipso facto, I don't even know if that's the right Latin, he's probably going to be your next head coach. What will fascinate me is whether or not Bill O'Brien who the Patriots brought in in the offseason, remains as, call it the vice president in charge of offense, as a 50-something guy to Gerard's 36, lending the expertise that you need that he gleaned in Houston, that he gleaned in building the Penn State program back in the, after the Joe Paterno saga. Um, he's an asset, so... Mayo and, and O'Brien, I think, would be the most likely candidates to continue on here. Of course, you wonder too, Jim, is, you know, does the whole system need a rewrite, not just a reboot, a rewrite of the whole system because of where it is? And I think that the, the, the crafts would prefer to keep the lineage somewhat intact. I think that's really interesting. I think that is a really interesting point. Do you need an entire rewrite or not? And before you go, Tom, one thought about Belichick, this notion that there could be a mutual parting of the ways – a couple of weeks back, was there not a report that he had signed a multi-year deal before the start of the season? I mean, can you set the record straight on that? Exactly how did that contract yeah. read? Happily. Um, Ian Rappaport from NFL Media, who breaks an awful lot of news, reported a couple of weeks ago the Patriots had signed him to a new multi-year contract, and he added in that locking him up long-term. Within the hour, I was able to ascertain that that multi-year contract was really just going through next year. So Bill was a free agent at the end of 2022. This was a new two-year deal. And Ian acknowledged that yesterday on NFL media saying that Bill's contract does go through 2024. So there was not a long extension given, nor something that's going to lock him up long-term. It goes through next year. So at the end of this year, there's one year left on Bill's contract. And the Patriots, I think, would be in a position where they figure out whether or not they want to try and trade Bill. Fire Bill, mutual parting of the ways, somehow get it to end with dignity so Bill can come back for the Patriots Hall of Fame and we can all go to Canton and go, yay, as we all should after 23 years of excellence or 20 years of excellence. Tom, let me ask you something. I, I think you, you're so interesting to me because you've done this for so long and you're so credible, but you've also seen the landscape of what you and I do change. You do a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, you, you're on various platforms talking about the Patriots. I'm really curious. How did you treat that viral video of somebody, somebody coming out of some building one morning doing a walk of shame? Did you dignify that and talk about that or did you ignore that altogether? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we need to maintain because we are a beat, a local beat. The Patriots are our beat and we are there as news gatherers as well. We're giving opinions left and right, but we didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. I don't know if we even rewrote it from our desk. I doubt that we did because I don't think that it's germane to the Patriots wins and losses. If it's from the summer and Bill shirtless on somebody's front porch, how does that advance anything? It's out there. It's going to be in the local landscape. People will know about it, but I don't think that we want to be in the business of damaging the relationship for further clicks. It's just to say, ha ha, look at Bill. He's not in great shape, but in good shape. There's no upside to it for us. Um, or at least for me as a as a reporter. I guess that's the way to look at it, Jim. It, My relationship it. with them is such that Yeah. Sorry, bud. No, 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 Go no, no. Good. Finish, finish. I, I was going to I was going to say that's why I asked you the question, but finish that thought. Your relationship with them is such that you want to be able to as this seed kicking a guy when he's down. So Enough. I want to add to that point because I don't want somebody listening or watching. Well, you know, that they're going to do what they do anyway. But that's not to say that you're sucking up to the team because you're an employee of the team. Tom Curran's tough as hell and will ask the tough questions and write the tough column and do the tough analysis. But there is a line is what you're saying. And I get that. I understand that. Yeah, that's it's cheap, cheap shot stuff. It's just not necessary, and people can see it someplace else. Tom Curran, he is a Patriots insider for NBC Sports Boston. He's covered that team since 1997. I consider him a very good friend, personally, and of the program. My man, great to have you back, Tom. Really appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right, thanks as always, Jim. One of my favorites, Tom Curran. Love him. I've always loved him. Does a great job. All right, so the big takeaway from that, there's a number, but the big takeaway, he said, I think that at the end of the year, there will be a mutual parting of the ways between Belichick and the Patriots that certain people deserve a certain way to leave. Not everybody, but a guy like that, there has to be a certain dignity involved. All right, so we ran really heavy there, but that was well worth it. I'll take your thoughts on it. I've got the big head, James Kelly, top of the hour. We're going to break down tonight's game and make our pick. Got to get you to a sports update, though, right? Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Once again, clones, check it out. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original, old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered. All come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, so let me talk a little bit about the Vegas weekend really quickly. Let me tell you about Saturday. So we get started early on Saturday. Well, (laughs) early I got started early. Dodger Jano hit a pretty hard Friday night. She actually kept the party going when I shut it down. She was strong. DJ was strong on the roulette table on Friday. 
So she kind of slept in on Saturday. But we, again, the reason we went, aside from the fact that we wanted a weekend together and we are now empty nesting, there was a comedian that DJ listens to and really likes who's playing. So we that's the biggest reason we went. We wanted to go see the show. So in order to go see the show, we had an early dinner. So we go to this dinner at Cipriani. And I, I don't know if you saw it on my story, but I posted as part of a story the meat that I ate. And I said it was one of the best pieces of meat I've ever had in my life. And it was. What it was was a Wagyu ribeye. Incredible. Incredible. And the meal was incredible. And DJ Jano got a pasta dish that she loved. whole thing was absolutely amazing. And I meet this couple there, great couple, great couple from Cali that moved there. And they got their meal before us, and they finished, and they moved on. And I said, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you. Great to meet you. And then my bill comes, and I go to pay my bill, and the server says, a listener has picked up a part of the bill. By the way, not a small part of the bill. This, this was an amazing restaurant, but that was not a small bill. And the listener in question did not pick up a small part of the bill. I mean, it was so far beyond the call of duty. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, man, I, I got to post this as a story. So if you saw my story, you saw me talking about it. But I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again. And then we go to go to the show. And I use the restroom where I was doing something. And I come out and Janet's talking to this couple. I'm like, oh, dude, I, I thought I'd never see you again. That is so amazing. And he just tweeted at me. He exed at me. Alejandro, my man, Alejandro writes, quote, great meeting you and Dodger Jano Saturday at Cipriani. It was a pleasure picking up a piece of the tab, especially since it provided some incredible jungle karma for Raider Nation and my bank account last night. War Dodger Jano, war Antonio Pierce as a real Raider coach. My man, Alejandro, dude, you are the best. You are the best. He got his money back. He got karma. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to tell you how much of the bill he picked up, but it was not a small amount. It was a lot of money. And it was, I mean, the dinner, I would have happily paid for it and got my money's worth. It was a great restaurant, an amazing restaurant. But he's like, hey, man, I got my money back, or I got part of my money back, and I got some karma. Dude, I want to reiterate, Alejandro, if you're watching right now, I don't know if you are or you aren't, that was so far above and beyond and not necessary, but thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. You and yours, you guys were great to meet. So we do that. We go to the show. The show lived up to the hype. Jano loved it. Loved it. Prior to going to the show, and again, you want to follow me on Instagram so you see these things. If you saw my stories, you saw this. Prior to going to the show, I walked down. We're just walking right down in the wind. And in the casino, on the casino floor, I see my man David Feldman. Feldman was the best man at my wedding, as many of you know. Feldman has been the only attorney I've ever had in my entire life. He's done every deal I've ever had. Feldman and I have been together 30 years, whatever it was. I know he likes to hang out in Vegas, but I didn't know he was there that weekend. I mean, what are the chances of just running into a random person, much less one of your best friends, without knowing that he's there? But he is part of Raider Nation, Feldman. And if there's wherever something is important going on, Feldman is there. So he and I played a few hands, and I got some quality time with him. That was incredible. He saw me first, and we were ecstatic, absolutely ecstatic. 
Yesterday, I was waiting for Dodger Jano to finish up before we got in our car. And I'm just in my phone in the hotel lobby. And I hear Jim, Jim, Jim. And I look up. Vegas is amazing. Like, you, you never know who you're going to run into. Uh, it's one of my former... Okay, he was an advertiser on the show. Big time, big time executive. And one of my former partners in Ms. Direction, Bill Strauss. He's like, hey, how you doing, Jim? So I hadn't talked to Bill in a while. Bill is also on the board now at Del Mar. And I'm also on the board there. So he and I got caught up. He was there for the game. But he's a Jets guy. He's a New Yorker. So Vegas Vegas was fun. People picking up part of my tab. I had a good time at the tables. Did well. Tables are funny. I hadn't been at the tables in a long time. You forget. Like I, I sit at tables that are a little bit, not rich for my blood, but rich enough that it makes me nervous. Otherwise, I don't want to just sit there and, and just kind of mess around. I, I want it to matter. I want the stakes to be high enough that I'm nervous. High enough that if I make the wrong play and I take the wrong card that somebody next to me thought belonged to them, they look at you sideways. I want that vibe. So I did that for a little while. and went pretty well. No real issues. So all in all, a good, good weekend in Vegas. Alejandro, my man. Big ups to you, dude. Appreciate it. You should not have done that. Anytime somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Rome, big fan of the show, have always been a big fan of the show, go all the way back to 690, you can't put a price on that. And I'm not even being like cheesy or cringy about it. I mean that. You can't put a price on it. My man did put a price on it and didn't need to. All right, when we come back, the big head. I'm going to get into it with the big head and talk about what Vegas was like without him. James Kelly joins me next, and we talk about tonight's matchup, a small version of Big Head Bets on a Monday. Stay tuned.